Another edition of the Tone of the Podcast. Welcome in. Uh, doing this out of a studio here in Fountain Square. So it sounded a hell of a lot better than what it did when I'm recording on my phone. The Tone of the Podcast, as always, brought to you by Flooring is Forever. Flooringisforever.com with over 20 years of experience in the Indianapolis area. Get a hold of Harley today. Flooringisforever.com if you're looking to redo the, the flooring or carpeting in your home or office. Luke Edwards is joining me. He's going to talk racing with us. Luke, welcome in, bud. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. Uh, just left the track. Um, exciting week. Excited to talk about the season. I mean, craziness. Mm-hmm. The whole season was craziness, down to the wire. And isn't it kind of weird that, I mean, it's already over. I know it's October yeah. 1st, but it's already over. But it comes back in February. Which is a good thing. That's Jared, a refresher. Jared Sparkman is here producing the show. Jared, how are you? I'm doing well. Tony, thanks for having me. So let's start with the end of the season. Last week, uh, Long Beach, another dominating performance for Colton Herta. You know, kind of everything that I read, I know the schedule's already out for 2022, uh, but Long Beach seemed to be a pretty awesome setting for the season finale. Maybe in the future, this is something that they consider. You've got that access to LA where maybe you can drive up the champion to ESPN, you know, maybe get some interviews there and just continue to grow that sport. Um, I know they, they... How was the... How was how was the uh, tickets? It, it, it seemed like it was good. The audience. Um, you know, any street course seems to be a party. You got other things going on, uh, but Long Beach does always a good job of bringing out celebrities, having support races. They usually do like the Toyota uh, celebrity race. So um, I thought it was a it was a good race. Uh, Colton Herta again the last two um, races of the season dominates, and your champion Alex Pillow, and then they bring him back and put him in the chicken limo and send him off to the Eagles. So, Luke, your impressions of of not not the season, we'll get into that, but but the finale in Long Beach. I love it. I think they should keep it. Um, one of the things that we were talking about right before we came on was the party atmosphere. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I had just been meeting with um, one, one person in the creative element of IMS and IndyCar, and we were me and my uh, boss from the museum, we were all talking about how well that went over in Nashville. And that's something that's missing in racing is like something along the line. We lost that party atmosphere and that's where your casual fan comes in. Like, yep. I don't want to feel ostracized if I don't know all the drivers, if I don't know all the teams, if I have no connection to this at all, I should be able to show up and have fun. Nashville killed it. Mm-hmm. I hope they do that forever. Long Beach, I, I didn't go in person like I did to Nashville, but it was the same deal. It was the same kind of atmosphere you could tell, but what happened to Snoop Dogg? Yeah, so well, you, go? you would imagine he would have been right? there. Yeah, he was supposed to be on the broadcast. Was he... All I, I, so I didn't know he was supposed to be on the broadcast. I did hear that he he voiced over the open. Okay, that's what it was. Did it, did, but I didn't, I didn't see or hear that, and I, I definitely could have missed either. it. But again, when you're that, when you're that far from... You're not far from L.A. And I tweeted this the other day, and some people were kind of pissed off about it somewhere. But it seems like they get these celebrities, like that dude from This Is Us, you know, waved the green flag. You got to make sure that these celebrities that are going are posting about their experience and saying, hey, check out yeah. the race tomorrow on NBC at 5 o'clock. Or, so hey. they're following. Yeah, like, I mean, some of these dudes have millions of followers, and that's how you grow the sport. Like, that's how anybody grows is kind of like, hey, I'll scratch your back, you scratch yours. Come out, away the green flag, bring your kids, whatever. Oh, I was, but like, can you post about it? I almost tweeted from the museum account. Yeah, 
because I don't, that's the only Twitter I have. Mm-hmm. I almost somebody missed big time because you got uh, there's so much drama and the LBC and the L and the Long Beach <laughs> Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard being Snoop D O double G, but. And I was like, man, I I think they're probably going to write that as an opener. So I didn't tweet it because yeah. I didn't want them to come back and be like, dude, you, thanks you for stepping it. on our feed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I mean, but it was awesome. It was yeah. a, it's such a great setting to end the race. Uh, I know it was a little bit overcast. So you didn't yeah. get that like typical sunshine yeah. race. But I mean, name a better place. If you're not going to do an oval mm-hmm. street courses, I'm telling the vibe is so much it's so much more fun than anything else. And if you go to a street race in person, it it blows your mind yeah. to see these indie cars. Like usually you have other classes of cars, mm-hmm. you have some sports cars, and then you see an indie car fly past a street that a month ago you drove down. We did that in Nashville. Yep. You drive over the bridge. I remember driving a, a rental car over the bridge a little bit before that and thinking, This is nuts. Yeah. And it's where you get to see a race car in its true form in comparison to your life, your day-to-day. And when, when we went to Nashville, um, my aunt and uncle and cousins lived there. And so we took my uncle and my cousin to the racetrack, and he was like, oh, shit, this is awesome because I just drove over this bridge like a week ago. Like, I want to be on this street going to downtown in three more days, and now I'm watching... S- stadium super trucks and trans am and IndyCar going by and he doesn't know anything about racing but he was just asking questions and like he's hooked he's like man we got to come up to Indy and go to this sometime just like oh, driving yeah. on the same streets that he's driving yeah exactly like, oh yeah like that, that, that you're so familiar with when are we going to have a race around 465 that's what I want i've always i've always longed for a race around the circle in downtown yeah Indy. i mean in downtown Indy, like you return could, to the bricks you, yeah you could do like a <laughs> that would be cool I mean, you could almost do the parade route, really, in some form. Um, but I think that that would be super. I mean, it'll never. I mean, I'll never say never. Never say never. They're putting NASCARs in the yeah. Coliseum. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, NASCAR is kind of a trailblazer with like, let's throw yeah. dirt on this track. Let's put dirt yep. on Bristol. And, and we'll get into that with NASCAR because there's a lot of things that I thought NASCAR did really during the the the, the pandemic that was great. So yeah, um, let's go back to the season. Uh, first question I'll ask to both of you. Who had the better, more surprise? I wouldn't say better. Who had the most surprising year to you guys? Was it Pato Award or was it Alex Pillow? I think it was Pillow, a hundred percent. I mean, he came out of the gate, one race number one. Yep. And I think everybody's connotation was kind of like, wow, the ten car. The, yep. The ten car from Ganassi wins, which, in all honesty, since Frankie retired, it's has been a kinda, career killer. Yeah, it's been the number two car. Mm-hmm. You get a couple chances in it. You get a what one or two years and that's pretty much it i mean some people forget that ed jones ran that car for a year and was there was he almost won with coin the year before yeah and then he showed up at with ganassi in the 10 car as people like this guy finished third last year as a rookie should have won rookie of the year but you know fernando alonso got it and then he stuffed it in the wall and he ended up finishing 33rd well he almost won uh with ganassi racing against scott they did the one two what was that mid ohio mid ohio yep yeah. yeah and i was like okay now we got a fighter in the 10 car yep. but then Pelot comes out and just yep. dominates the first race i'll be honest most people probably thought that that might be a fluke yeah they might be like okay the yeah. car was just good sometimes in racing. That's how it is. Sometimes you just have a great yep. car. Charlie Kimball won a race with yeah. Ganassi. And I'd say the second tier, you know, he yep. wasn't in one of the target cars at the time. 
in the, the JV squad of Ganassi at the time. Plus, it, he was ahead. I mean, he was ahead of Dixon the entire season in points, right? Yeah, yeah. The defending champion, right. arguably right. Like, like from start to finish, because he won the first race. And yep. I don't think Dixon ever passed him. No, no Dixon won at Texas. Yep, race yeah. one. Yeah, and I mean, Dixon. Yeah, he Dixon can have off years. Mm-hmm. You have six championships, fifty-one wins. He is in modern era. No one else has done that. If he had, if he was a multiple-time Indy 500 winner, I don't even think there would be a doubt in anyone's mm-hmm. mind that he's a modern era goat. And he could walk downtown right now in Indianapolis, and maybe one out of every ten people would recognize him. I think part of that is, you know, if Pato had those stats, it wouldn't be the case. Yeah, a lot. I think it's a lot a personality driven. Pato's just out there he's mm-hmm. charismatic he's kind of he's got that flair to him and dixon is business as usual i mean yep. you look you look back at how dixon started his career it was a very ganassi-esque career he learned how to drive and save tires and save fuel developing toyota racing engines yep when they were pouring all the money into the sport and trying to make their mark and paying teams to you know um and Pelot's kind of that same like i don't need that much attention yep and what does Chip always say? He likes winners. He likes winners. I don't think he's, you know, Vassar and Zanardi were about as flamboyant as you get. Yeah. Dario kind of had his flair, but he's never gone after, like, McLaren likes personality. Yeah, yeah. They love Pato. They love Lando. They love Ricardo. Um, Frozen Quist, Frozone, he's shown a couple sparks, but yeah. Ganassi just goes after these kids that get it done. But I mean, I think I think Rosenquist is a very quiet type, non flashy guy too. Yeah, and we'll talk about that because it's it's been a it's been a split season, I would say, for, for McLaren sure. and IndyCar. But Jared Polo Award, who surprised you the most this year? I guess in the success that they had. Yeah, I mean, I would say Polo. I mean, just because. I mean, start to finish, he just just won. Mm-hmm. I mean, and honestly, he could have ran away with this championship. Four or five weeks, or four or five, yeah, weeks ago, mm-hmm. or you know, even like towards these, the the uh, Harvest GP yeah. or the second Indy GP race. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen where he would have just dominated. I mean, and he and he did, you know, even to 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 the extent that he did. Well, what people forget is, I mean, was it two races he had that six grid penalty for engine changes? Right. So two, like back to back races, twice, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's for for me, it was honestly Pato. Um. I kind of I got to know Alex a little bit last year with Coin and 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 I talked to Roger Yasakawa about him and he's like this is the real deal. I mean this guy is the real deal. And I did I did have a have doubt because the 10 car has been crap for let's face it since Dario left. But they've won two other races, one with Kanan and one with Felix. So Yeah, and and I think you know that's kind of a it was just kind of the connotation of you could have a great driver in that car. I mm-hmm. don't think it was doubting the talent of the driver. I think it was more doubting the the amount of effort and energy that they would focus on mm-hmm. in that second car. When you have Dixon, you have a championship driver yeah. every single year. I can see why they would not focus as much. Yeah. And and I think with Kanan, you know, you had you it was very stark because he was such a popular driver with the fans so mm-hmm. when he wasn't winning races or in contention every week people were kind of like yep. oh maybe there is something going on with the 10 car well and, and and i'm not saying this on the 10 car although i do know somebody that's on that 10 car but this does happen i actually had this discussion with a guy who used to work for a team in the 2000s and early 2010s 
and he had a shit driver. Like, he had a guy that he knew. And some of the people on the team were like, we got no chance this week. I'm not going to put my full effort into these shocks this weekend. I'm not going to put my full effort into the dampers this weekend and setting this car up. I'm, and, and, and sometimes, like, it's a long season, especially for these crew guys. They're in there every day doing the same thing. And when you go into a race weekend knowing, like, we don't got a chance, then, like, that kind of changes the way that you go into a race You're weekend. You're already feeling defeated. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's, I'm not saying that happened in the tent car, but but that does happen. And um, It's hard just, to get up is what you kind of, yeah, like, like, yeah. It, for every race, it, you become like, it's complacent. hard to get up. Yep. I think the Even turning point of that car was probably race one. Yep. And I think with Polo, dude, he has had... Dixon in one room, let's just say in an engineering meeting, at at any given point, it's Dixon, Dario, Scott Pruitt, who has won races in IndyCar, Roger Yasakawa, who I mean didn't have the greatest of careers in racing, but at least has been in a cockpit. Jimmy Johnson, who still, you know, is learning but brings that chance like when Jimmy Johnson walks into any room, you're like, Sue's a champion. Like this dude carries like he's a yeah. This guy's been there, done that, and that can rub off on you even though it was in NASCAR. I think Mike Hall's been around doing this forever. Oh, yeah. Chip Ganassi, who was a driver at one point and is very successful. I mean, the tools were there. A lot there. of experience. A lot of experience. I mean, yeah. And, you know, Polo just had to go out there and do it, and he did. And I thought where he was most impressive was on the last three races of the year, races that he has never been to, racetracks he has never been to, racetracks he's never tested on. With a lead that with, you have with, to maintain. With the pressure of being the guy that everybody's gunning after and you perform and you win the championship. And the guy is as humble as can be. He's as nice as can be. And you look at, I mean, the key to a championship every year is you've got to, you got to, you got to run well at the 500, you know, Dixon usually in his championship years has at least been top 10 at the 500 and Palo is in contention to win what Pato finished third. So you look at the, the, the two guys in a championship that were one, two, Finished top three at the 500, and then New Garden was top ten at the 500. Dixon was, I think he was twelfth. I want to say off the top of my head. Well, was Pato fourth? Um, at the 500, yeah. No, he was third. Wasn't Pagano? No, Pagano nicked him. Yeah, Pagano right passed. Yes, Pagano passed him on the last lap for third. You're right. And then um, Pato was fourth. So you got to have a good 500. Um, continuing on with the season, who was for you guys the most disappointing driver of the season? Oh, man, that's hard because you don't pay attention to them after a while. Yeah. I mean, as sad as it is, that's why that's why winning races matters and sponsorships matter because you got to be in the forefront. Mm-hmm. And I used to be – so, like, when I used to root for drivers, I would pick a driver and stick with them through thick and thin. Mm-hmm. That's no fun. Yeah. Because so no. often, like, I was a big Roush fan in NASCAR. Yep. And then the dark days came, and it's like, why? Okay. Yeah. You know what? I actually – like junior yeah junior's kind of funny sometimes in it even with hendrick yep um disappointing i don't know i want to hear (laughs) it was hard for pagino i think it was a tough year for pagino i mean that's a good one because he was coming in the 500 but right that was it but that was it yeah Yeah. but Um, he he usually performs well and and maybe that's i'm not going to say that about penske you know team penske but Maybe some of that we don't have it. Yeah, happened. I don't know. I mean, it just it seems strange from that and then, year. And to then this the rumors year. start coming that hey, right. Penske's going to go back to he a didn't third have a car. contract. 
who's it going to be? Is it going to be Power that stays, or is it going to be Pagano that stays? And then we get to Indy the week before the race, and it's announced that Power's signing for two more years. That yep. was strange that that came at that time. Remember remember 2019, the rumor mill with Pagano. With Pagano, and he performed And then all he wins month. the GP, and then he yep. wins the, uh, the pole, pole in the race. And that saved his seat there. Yep. I mean, everybody knew that. He knew that. Yeah, it's you know what Penske is going down to three cars. Yeah, so the 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 plan is to not run the twenty two next year. Possibly rumor mill. Who knows that seat could be open for the five hundred for Kyle Larson. So does Menard sponsor? So that's somebody full time. So that's the question that I was talking to. Uh, we're talking about. I think Sean Shawnee D and I were talking about this. Um, also, can we bring back the old Menard liveries? Oh, well, when I... Well, yes, okay. <laughs> yes. Um, so my question is, so that could tell me that Verizon maybe isn't back. And Menards would do a rotation of maybe some races with Will Power, maybe some races with Joseph Newgarden. Because, you know, we're past the days where Marlboro is a sponsor and it was the same car every week. You know, New Garden. I miss that though. Yeah, I cannot yeah. keep up with New Garden's cars. It's it's I'll snap just on honest. one week. It's Hitachi. PPG Hitachi. The PPG car, my God, do not change that yeah. car. Run that car full time. Yeah. Somebody, please. Yeah. That thing is. I will buy every diecast. That's I'll one of the longest shirt. running sponsorships, I think, in IndyCar. And that's I mean, one of the PPG best looking cars the I've ever series seen. in the nineties. Yeah, good looking one. Uh, my my yeah. my most disappointing driver this year. I would say Felix Rosenquist. I, I had high expectations for him going to McLaren, and you talk about a split, a split, a split team. Like Pato's running for the championship, and Rosenquist, I don't think was in contention for a race all year, and he missed the second Detroit race, if not mistaken. I just thought it was a disappointing year for a guy that was coming off. Yeah, he's switching teams, but it's coming off his first career win last year at Road America. I thought that we would see a lot more out of Felix. I got to say, for whatever reason, uh, and I would love for McLaren or somebody from that team to refute this, but I think that that was decided early Mm -hmm. where they were going to put their efforts. Yeah. I think you saw you have a team that's trying to build. You have McLaren obviously announcing that they're going to take 70% of the team, I think, as of next year. So they're trying to figure out what's our best opportunity what's our what's our best horse pato showed up early yep all the effort goes into pato yep because you know it was already felix did get there a little late yeah like that was kind of a later in the year type of thing yeah and and they definitely had like uh views their sponsor yeah had some great stuff lined up for him we'll get to some of those cars later they had some great ones i think they were invested in both the drivers evenly from the beginning but i think that was a very formula one-esque approach to a season from the outside looking in i have no insider information on that but it seemed like pato showed up early and they put a lot of effort into him and he almost won the championship and i mean he almost won the 500 too so yeah um, we'll talk about best moments here in a minute. Uh, check out the UPS store and Fishers off Olero. They have everything you need to help your small business get up and running. Check out their certified packing experts with the ship and pack guarantee 317-578-0094, the UPS store off Olio Road and Fishers. Um, so we talked about most disappointing drivers. Let's go around the room here. Best moments of the season. I think we can all agree that Elio winning the fourth 500 
is a hell of a moment. Okay? That was a great moment. That so was awesome. Wild. With that being said, um, what are some of your guys's? It could be a personal thing. It could be going to a new race. It could be seeing somebody win. We'll start with you, Luke. Your favorite moment from the 2021 IndyCar season. Other than Elio and the fans climbing yeah. the fence after the race, which was absolutely bananas. I love that that happened when the fans came back. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could have written a, a story better than that. And I never thought I'd see a four-time winner in my lifetime. Yeah. I, you know, Elio came so close. How many, three years he finished second? Yep. Yep. Um, some of them very, the closest finishes in Indy history. I think a couple yep. of them were in the top 10. Yep. Um, but other than that, Pato at Texas, yep. my God, that, that dude, can we cuss on here? Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. When he was underneath willpower, bouncing off of the apron, full lock. I mean, Texas, like if you've never watched an Indy car race at Texas, and this is a different Texas. Like this is, yeah. You've got one groove right now at Texas, and and he somehow found a second, mm-hmm. and just he was, I, mo- yeah, motoring by people, yeah, it, on rails, yeah, and 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 off rails too, yeah, yeah. That for me, I mean, I had over a couple buddies, uh, a few that work in the industry that didn't have to go to the race, and we were standing like two feet from the tv with our faces like you know right in the screen screaming yeah and we've watched racing our whole lives like mm-hmm. that's that's something else you you gotta watch texas every time indy cars at texas that'll get you into racing if you've yep. never seen racing more ovals please more ovals please yeah, yeah. I, th- I think we'd all like to see that but you know what you fans you gotta buy tickets gotta and you gotta up. go gotta i know you want to watch ovals on tv but you got to show up because it's even crazier in person. And Kentucky makes the most sense. You look at the top 10 markets for watching IndyCar, it's like Indy, Dayton, Cincinnati, Louisville, all within driving distance of Sparta, Kentucky. So, Kentucky was good. Why not? I'm all Let's about it. it. Jared, uh, your best moment from the season, um, besides Elio, uh, besides taking your son Leo to the track for the first time. Congratulations, well, by the way. Yeah, thank you, thank you. That was that. I mean, that was up there because of uh, Renus winning. Yeah, 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 yeah. Winning the the mm-hmm. this he won the second race. No, he won the first. So he won the In first. Met, okay, yeah. he wasn't there so, for the first no. one. Uh, but that that was a good moment. Uh, Renus winning his first race. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that Nashville happened. Yeah, and just. Um, and, and the race itself was kind of a, a shit show. Yeah, it was. But Marcus Erickson goes from being launched to winning the race. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of what yeah. I was going to go with that. And just just the, it, was it a good race? No, but it was entertaining. And mm-hmm. Will Power just like diving in and, and just, you know, yeah, doing whatever the, he wants. The absurdity of that course. Yeah. I love it's it. wild. We need to do more of that. It's wild. And and you, I think you were there too, Luke. I don't know if you share the same sentiment as me. We had general mission. We um, kind of just kind of floated around. Yeah, I think I same. probably saw, honestly, I probably saw 15 to 20% of that entire track. And we kind of moved yeah. around, but I, I didn't see a lot of it. I really didn't, which is not a bad thing, but it just like next year when I go there, it's like, okay, well, I know where to, I know where I sat. Now I'm going to go try to sit out here. Now I'm going to go try to, yeah. there's just so many different sight lines. The, two things they need to do. They need to... And and I know that it takes a while to, for an event to make money. Mm-hmm. I know they're probably three or four years out from turning a profit on that event. Yep. But if you want to build a cultural 
icon and identity for an event. You need to build more stands yep. and you need to lower ticket prices. Well, because, you need to have the stands ready to go. Yeah. Oh, that's another one. <laughs> First of all, so they made they, it. They got it done. Yeah, they did. But it was that. very expensive. I saw I personally saw Doug Bowles out there trying to get seats set yep. up and you know, you know how he does. He's always hands on with that stuff. Because it it seemed like a lot of people from IMS were at Nashville well, helping you can't miss or working. It. it was too cool. Well, I, but I, I felt like a lot of them were working. Like it was, yeah. all, it almost felt like it was like, it was the familiar people. Thing. Yeah. Like all hands on thing. And deck. I'm sure it probably was with the sponsorship. Like, hey, with, however we can like help. I'm sure the yeah. Borchettas were like, look, if you, like, if we're going to do this, we need help from the people that oh, you yeah. have that have already done this. And mm-hmm. kudos to them for throwing that event. I hope mm-hmm. that thing is on there for 30 yep. years. There were people. So during the race, we didn't have tickets. We were in the same boat. Mm-hmm. So we're milling around and we're tired because you're on your feet all it's day. Hot. It was it's hot, hot as hell. Hot there. As hell. And uh, we went up to the stadium on the ramps for I a while. I had like seven free McDonald's slushies. I don't know if you saw this. But <laughs> no, I, yeah, yeah, I got to find there. out where those are next time. <laughs> we were hoping that the gas the gas station, station really yeah. messed up. I know they probably had to sign No, they an paid agreement. them to close. They paid. They said. They could have made so yeah. much I think money. it was. They would have made more money than, than they would have made on actual fuel. Yeah. I think it was a concessions. I don't know where I heard this, but I think it, I think they went to that. They went to so on like on the premise of this, right outside of Nissan Stadium is a gas station that was closed. People were kind of standing there watching as cars came by, and I was told that it was like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars that they went to that gas station. It was like, do you need to be closed for this event? And we're going to pay you what? Was it just the day? I think it was the, the weekend. weekend. Probably the whole I think weekend. It, I think it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, so they I, had. They but had you're right. That'd be interesting. Like, how much yeah. would they would they pull over 150 in concessions? But this is also the the um, the track that obviously very very heavily heavily ticketed price. Yep. You couldn't bring. But maybe they didn't have an option. Yeah. Well, they was, sold out. I yeah. remember the ticket. They said. I mean, it was common knowledge that the closer you get to the event, yeah, the higher the ticket prices are going to be, and they were sold out by what Saturday. Yep. And in some of the um, some of the seats were going for like 180. Yeah, and those were like the not even the good seats. It was it was priced, and then you couldn't bring in a cooler. And there's I didn't see a lot of water stations. They were supposed to have water stations. So, but again, it's a first time event. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of places to just sit down and maybe enjoy a lunch. Uh, but but again, the hype was there. Yeah, we so we watched. The, the gas station was the inside of the hard braking zone off this bridge. So they mm-hmm. go over this bridge that has this huge arc. And these cars come flying down. I think they were hitting 190, almost 200 miles mm-hmm. an hour, bouncing off the pavement. And the gas station is right at the braking zone where a lot of the action happens. The passes, locking up brakes, crashing. There were kids. And when I say kids, there were like college-age kids climbing in trees in the gas station parking lot mm-hmm. to watch this race. I mean, that's yep. like, that's vintage Indy 500 levels of of hype and just I mean, being around the track and wanting to see people actually going. I want to see this and oh yeah, climbing random trees just to get a better view. Oh yeah, there were there were people in the trees for the whole race. All right, next question uh, and shout out to Harley from Flooring is Forever. Uh, he's a big Connor Daly guy, so I know he likes the Air Force livery that we saw. Um, give me your guys' favorite indie. Fi- my favorite memory, I guess, moment real quick was Renus winning. That was super cool. Oh yeah. Um, and being at Nashville also was uh, was was pretty cool, especially because my dad and my brother came in from Seattle. Anyway, uh, best indie five hundred and full season 
liveries. So you'll have two answers apiece. We'll start with you. Cooter Dooley. I don't know why I didn't say Luke. Cooter Dooley. Man. In the Air Force. The uh, I do uh, love that car. I might be pronouncing it wrong. Tuscany? Yeah. Tuscany Air Force yep. throwback. When he took the lead. Oof. I have car. never heard. Yep. I mean, outside of Elio crossing the line and like winning the race, somebody taking the lead. I haven't heard anything like that since like Tony Kanan would yep. take the lead in the 500. That that livery was awesome. Con- Connor taking uh, some of the um, Danica in 05 will I think will always be the biggest cheer that I'll ever hear there, even over Elio winning his fourth this year. Kanan always a fan favorite, um, but yeah. Um, but the livery. So yeah. I guess I didn't describe this. So yeah. it, it was painted exactly like uh, one of the Tuscany yes, yes. aircraft from World War Two. So it was the silver. It was very. It, it's not something you see on a car because it's not following the contours or anything. But I think that's what made it cool. It was. They had the stripe that went through the air scoop for the aero screen. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like went underneath it. And the nose was just this random. The whole nose cone was just red. The yep. rest of the car was silver. And then they were just like red nose cone. I which, thought that was which dope. that nose cone got jacked up later in the race. Yeah. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> On a fluke. <laughs> that was weird. Terrible. Well, Terrible. that being that, said, that, that was good. That was kind of <laughs> one of the moments that was like, oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah. Well, to tra- and that was right in front of you where you sit, yeah. Jared. Yeah. And the transition that my favorite 500 scheme was Graham Rahal. So I love Buddy Rice. Oh, yeah. Um, Big Buddy Rice guy. Like, literally, there's pictures of me at Chicago land in like 0405 wearing a flat bill. Like Buddy Rice hat, Tommy He'd Schechter roll shirt. it up. Yep. He'd roll the flat bill. Firestone even started printing Firestone on yep. the underside of the yep. bill because of him. Yep. And shout out to Buddy Rice, who was on this podcast the week of the 500 this year. We talked about the flat bill. So I missed Buddy Rice? Yeah, so you can... He, I'll send you the link. Oh. Uh, had Buddy Rice on because he Still was... Still out there. Spot, yeah, so you can check it out. So my favorite for the 500, and we'll, we'll get to the season one. My favorite for the 500 was uh, Graham Rahal's throwback kind of to like the 04... Argent Mortgage Pioneer Honda that Buddy Rice won the 500 with. Jared, yours at the 500. Uh, I mean, I like the Bitcoin one just because. Yeah, oh, that I was mean, cool. I mean, it was just different and, yeah. and very unique. I ordered that hoodie from the shop and I think it got stolen out of my mailbox. I'm like literally emailing the like the postal service, stopped my mailman, Good still luck. haven't got it. So if you want They're, the Bitcoin gear and shout out to the shop, love those guys. Oh, yeah. But if we went to Bitcoin. Usually that stuff goes on clearance, like a lot of the Ed Carpenter shirts at the end of the year. But I don't know if the Bitcoin stuff will. It is 20% off right now, so check it out. So shout out to uh, to the shop. and um, You know what? Uh, uh, livery shout out, Top Gun Racing. Uh, that was true. a good one. Yeah, yeah throwback. Yeah. That is a good one. They didn't, they, didn't, they didn't make the race. They didn't make the race, but... But the Al Senior Johnny Lightning's throwback special yeah, to the 1970 and 71. That was a pretty good one. Hey, I, do like I, that. I can't believe they pulled that off, even making the qualifying attempts. Yep. I mean, in modern racing, you do not just buy a car at the last Especially minute. Especially how cutthroat it, it is. Yeah. I mean, it's a cutthroat sport where... Uh, so the guy I was talking to the other day that was telling me the, the story, how sometimes you know in the pits these crewmen just know that we don't have a chance. And he he's like, dude, my buddy... We used to give him a credential and a camera, and he'd walk around taking pictures of the cars up and down the pit box during, it's like 2007, and then they would just send it back to the teams as they could see everybody else. Like, holy shit, like, stuff you don't even realize is going on. Like, it's crazy. So, um, full season livery. I really loved the Aero McLaren when they went with the, I don't even know how to describe it, but it looked really cool. Like, they did it Pato at- or the blue um, Rosenquist? 
The blue rose, of course, was good. There was a. I like the black. Yeah. With the McLaren, black. I just yeah. like the black and the orange. And yeah. it reminds me of the yeah. old uh, Dick Simon Duracell, Raul Boyzell. Black and yellow, I mean, that's tough to beat. It so, just looked mean. Quick story, real quick. It'll be a 10 second story, I promise. Um, when I was a kid, I would go get autographs at the track. We talked about this off air. And I had just gotten Raul Boyzell's on the side of um, a hat, and my dad bought me his die cast. And like Fox 59 came up. This is 1993. Raul was on the front row. Fox 59 came up and interviewed me about like getting autographs. And they asked me who my favorite driver was. And I said, Raul Boisel. Because that was like the first guy, like he was all, I just got his autograph. Oh, yeah. So after yeah. the interview, I mean, this was 93. So I was four years old. My, I think my, my, this is how my dad tells me because I don't really remember. He's like within earshot. You're like, Raul. Yeah. Well, right? my dad was like, why did you say Raul Boisel? And I was like, well, I just got his autograph. And he's like, oh, oh, okay. And, I mean, so my favorite drivers were Ari Leyendijk, Allinger Jr. at the time, and Scott Brayton. And my dad's like, so my dad was kind of like stunned why I said Raul Boisel. Like, I never, what? I just bought you an Ari Leyendijk shirt. Like, what the hell? But it was because <laughs> I had just gotten his autograph. So, uh, which we're going to talk about autographs a little bit later on in the show. Um, did we get everybody's full season? I know. I don't Ooh, know. I'm, I'm going to say another, another Indy 500 one was the Hildebrand. Oh, yeah. Right, running the oh yeah, the American Legion, the American. Oh no, Legion. no, that, that it was Hildebrand. That Hildebrand, yeah. The, oh, the uh, throwback yeah, to AJ Foyt. The yep. fo- yeah. the throwback also, I have AJ a story Foyt. about that later coming. I liked Rosenquist. Yeah. Oh my god, the, the that's the yeah the tear and that yeah. like if, if I have to pick a number two on that, me and the I'm number telling seven. you, McLaren knows how to do some cool mm-hmm. shit with race cars. Now I kind of wish, I kind of hope that they do something cool next year and they just match the F1 liveries. Yeah. I think that would be dope because mm-hmm. nobody else in the paddock has an F1 connection the way that yep. they do. Not yet. They'll I know Andretti's looking at it, but they'll sell yeah, merch, make them the exact same as the F1 cars. But this year was so fun. Rosenquist is like, I don't know what it was. It looked like tiger stripes mm-hmm. or something all over the car. Uh, full season though. Shoot. I, I got to go with Pato. Yeah, I think that car just looked mean. It looked mm-hmm. badass. I don't know who designed it, but kudos to them. And I mean, so obviously what we're saying is great job by by McLaren. Yeah, and all their all their liveries this year, um, they did a great job, as we know. Jared, you got a full season one. Um, I do love that baby blue that uh, Alex Pillow runs in the NTT colors. There's something about oh yeah. That the the baby normal blue. one, yeah. Like because I know NTT did. They had a wild Indy 500 one that was yep. asymmetric. Yep. Um, no, remember when Team Andretti? I guess it was like Andretti Green Racing. Every car was something super badass. Yep. You had like the 711, which my God, please bring back. Oh. And uh, the Jim Beam, Dan Weldon. Yep. Holy shit, that car yep. was so cool. I, we had that in the museum a little a while ago um, on loan from them, and it's just like every day it's in the lobby. Out. It's usually in the lobby at Andretti, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so moving on, we, we talked about that. Um, so next Wednesday at the track, we're going to have a test between, I guess not between, but so they've decided to let Roman Grosjean and Jimmy Johnson do the rookie orientation programs on Wednesday. Uh, also a great time to check out the museum. Yeah, come on in. We're open nine to five. Um, yeah, we're closed. The don't don't come in if you're listening to this um, tomorrow, which is ten to. Yeah, but we open back up uh, on weekdays, Sunday. Weekdays. Weekdays. Yes. 
Oh yeah, come on in. We got the uh, Rocket Rick Mears exhibit, and we've still got Granatelli up too. Um, Andy Granatelli was a wild man. We can mm. talk about that some other time, but he he was nuts. He he was a showman. There is. I, I've heard a few of those stories um, as but well. This so test. This, this test. test. So IndyCar is missing a major opportunity if they don't stream this. And I get it. How expensive it is to put to pay a camera four cam four or five camera guys all day. Yeah. Their spotters get you know Kevin Lee or Lee Diffie out there. I get how expensive it is. But I think even if you just had the camera set up and there was no commentary and you streamed it on on your YouTube page. Like I think they they did it for Fernando Alonso and look at the numbers they got to have the reach of Grosjean and to have Jimmy Johnson like you have to get this out there. Yeah, if you go YouTube live, you could even open up the side where yeah. everybody can have the live chat with each other. I mean, we get to see Jimmy Johnson mm -hmm. run an Indy car on the IMS oval. Yep, for I the mean, first time. For the first time, raise your hand if you ever thought that was going to happen when you were a kid. No, growing up watching him. No. No, never. It's brave. I mean, it's, Helen, I, I could, you could almost say that about Kurt Busch, too. I never thought I'd see Kurt Busch do it. Kurt Busch kind of slid in. Yeah. You know, they, there wasn't a lot of hype with that. I think he was very serious. Yeah. And it was very last minute. Yeah. And he just kind of, he did his thing. They he had, had his like, big tank slapper in practice. I think yep. carb day practice. Uh, the, the Monday before the race. Monday. Okay. Yep. So post-qualifying. Yep. Yeah. And then he, he got a top 10. He held her strong. He ran well. And then um, that sure tone, which is his, like, I don't think they ever paid their bill, if I'm not oh. mistaken. So that's why we there, never saw sure tone. There's a lot of that in racing. There oh, was, yeah. a, was it NASCAR man on YouTube that did the video yeah. on, like, all the, like, Burger King? Well, it happened with uh, the, the, the fiber, or the, you, you, they used to, United Fiber and Data, was it? UFD. UFD that sponsored Hinchcliffe. They didn't pay them. They were bringing out like good grid girls and stuff oh, and we're yeah. doing all this promotion. And then. Hey, Maddie Brabs' girl Maddie, works yes, for them. Yes. Um, Kim Bogle. Shout out yeah. to Rachel Bogle, friend of mine. All right. Um, so that should be a cool test. But if you're not going to stream it, like you're kind of just shooting yourself in the foot. And if you live in Indy or you don't mind spending the gas money, just come out and watch it on the mounds. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, that's a great place to see it from. That'll be. Uh, That'll be a good time. All right, the schedule coming out next year. Nothing's really has changed. Iowa going to a doubleheader. Um, if you've listened to this podcast, you know my thoughts on Iowa being a doubleheader. Move the first race to Thursday night. Uh, put it on NBC. I don't know. I mean, what do they usually play? Reruns of This Is Us. But that is the week of the All-Star game for MLB. The, the SBs are on Wednesday, and there's literally no live sporting events on that Thursday night. Throw it on there, make it an ass scene on TV type thing. That'd be um, dope. I would love to see, Jared and I talked about this last week. I would love to see an alternate broadcast sometime, you know, like what Monday Night Football's doing with Peyton and Eli and getting guys like Dario Franchitti or Kanan in there. Guys yeah, you bring the guests on the whole time yeah, and you, have them on the sidebar. You have one guy anchor it, and then, you know, you just bring in different drivers or have, you know, people call in so um maybe we could see that uh, we don't really need i don't think guys to get into the silly season uh, we've touched on that a few times it seems like really what happens with the 45 car and what happens with connor uh and connor told me last week that nothing's happening with him until november um but i will i, I will ask you guys this is Meyer Shank the early favorites to win the 500 next year, walking in with four-time winner Elio Castro Neves? And what we and what I expect, I expect at least to see is is a resurgent, fresh Simon Pagano. 
I think for sure with Elio. Yeah. Elio knows that place. In the Indy is a place where, you know, Danica had her struggles. She knew Indy. Yeah. Simon has his struggles. He knows Indy. I think he's up there. I think for sure Elio. Mm-hmm. I could also see Pinsky going back to a three team. I know they'll do four for the yep. for the five hundred, but they get they just they if you talk about like just disappointing years, I mean this was, was a rough year for them. Especially at Indy. I mean especially Qualifying. at Indy. Especially at Indy. Power barely gets in. Pagano qualified like shit. I mean, if it wasn't for that hard charge late, uh, you didn't really yeah, hear he about startup. Yeah, up front. No. Pagano has, knows how to set up a car at Indy. Yeah, and, and, and that's what it's all about is knowing how to communicate with your Indy. Is such a big track. You don't have a thousand horsepower anymore. So it's it's knowing how to hone in and work yep. on your car, knowing the weather, having that good relationship with your engineer. Simon gets it. Yep. Elio gets it. I I would say yeah, they're early favorites. Yep. I, I want to see, and I mentioned this, and then there's no truth to this at all. So this is just literally me just throwing stuff out there because I think it'd be cool. But wouldn't it be pretty badass to see a third Meyer Shank car with AJ Allmendinger in there? Yeah, keep it pink. I mean, it's probably not going to happen. Um, but I think that that would uh, certainly be something that could come up. So hey, that, he had a shot at the 500 yeah. if his belts had been buckled with the in that Penske ride in his very his only 500 I heard uh, that he almost didn't come in which also happened with Rick Mears yeah it, well Rick's was the helmet I think Rick's was the helmet wasn't it it wasn't a tire thing too with Rick in 88 the wheels uh oh yeah 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 that was that was a different year I think yeah. I'm thinking of 78 where okay. he got excited and forgot to strap his helmet on <laughs> Speaking of, real quick here on the Tony D Podcast, brought to you by Flooring is Forever, flooringisforever.com. Again, Jared Sparkman here producing for us, Luke Edwards from the Speedway Museum. Um, you know, I love the museum. There's some awesome cars in there. Uh, Luke, what what is maybe one or two cars that come to mind for you that you would love to see in there? I was told, um, I, you know, I was told, and I saw this, so my favorite cars growing up were the Menards cars. So Scott Brayton's a 95 and, like, Tony Stewart's a 96. And I didn't know that at some point they were in the basement. And then I did know that about a year or two ago, they were sold at the Meekum auction. So those would definitely be two cars I'd love to see in there again. Yeah, actually, for the longest time. Um, I So I had kind of prepared those for the photos yeah. that were taken in front of the museum for the auction. And I didn't know you at the time, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be pissed off at you for not telling me that they were right. out there. Okay, you know you know you would have seen them. I would have so been we, there. We had them out in the parking lot. Yeah, I've seen the oh, I've definitely seen the pictures. And that was my desktop background on my work computer. That was my Twitter hour. banner for a while. So really, right on. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, stole your uh, work. I stole your work. Sue me. <laughs> stole well, it. technically, our intern had a better phone yeah. than me at the time, so he took the photos. But yeah. he and I, uh, we put some brilliant shine on those things. I'd love to see those. Um, for me top of the list is I'd love to work out a deal where we get the Indy 500 winning car in for one year. Mm-hmm. Like, that he, the like they do year, at Daytona. Yes, exactly. Yep. And then the next year we get the next car and the mm-hmm. next year. And I think that's a good way. We is this a rolling type right after the race or maybe at the end of the year you have it from like October through whenever they need it back, whether that's April well, or Well, if whatever. you say whenever they need it back because of how IndyCar works, they're going to say, well, you can't have it at all. Yeah, Because exactly. as we all know, most of the teams will take the car right back and throw somebody in, and then they go throw it in the wall or do whatever with Happened it. Happened with Weldon's. Yes, sadly. And they had to go through an extensive rebuild with that thing. Um, yeah. So 
I would just, if there was any way, if mm-hmm. uh, if it means the sponsor or a new sponsor has to come in and sponsor this thing, yeah, we've talked about that with the board. We'd throw it right in the front. Mm-hmm. We'd hang it on the wall. We'd do something really yeah. cool with it. Um, man, other than that. Because a lot of people don't get to see that. Yeah, yeah. No other than that, I, I think I'd want to fill in the gap with something. It's, it's hard because Penske won so many. Yeah. I'd love to see a Rick Mears car in there, but you know, Penske owns the track now. So for rocket Rick, we already Mm -hmm. have the car that I wanted to see in there, which is the 91. Yep. So that's in there through, um, through this spring, through March, that 91 Penske chassis, just Mm -hmm. something about that thing is so, it's brilliant, man. It's so compact. The early nineties cars were just Mm -hmm. so little and it looks just like this tiny little rocket ship thing. So yeah, those are the two. But I don't think Roger's going to give us the 91 winner. And you and I kind of talked about this as well. Also one that I would like to see uh, kind of not really crazy off the off the topic, but would be so even if it was a 94 would be great. But even the 98, which is my first Brickyard, but one of the Gordon cars that I know probably Hendrick still owns and. You know, there's all that kind of stuff, but oh, we uh, can talk. We, we're talking NASCAR too. Well, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, any car, any car. Oh my god. Yeah. Gordon's ninety four and yeah. Earnhardt's ninety five. Yeah. Which and, who knows they exist because most of those cars end up like in an, in the Arca series fifteen years later, yeah. and they've been smashed and banged the shit. You don't even know what it is. Ricky but even Rudd's, if it's a re- yeah, Dale e- Jarrett's, even if it's a them. restored one. I mean, even if it's just like a replica. Like, well, I'll, I'd be cool with that. I'll tell you this: we want NASCARs. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that we've never really had in the museum. We love NASCAR. And almost everybody that works at the museum loves NASCAR. Mm-hmm. We watch it avidly. I'm watching the playoffs right now. Like, we'll take anything. Yeah. But for me, I mean, Dale Earnhardt's 95 yeah. winner. I, I mm-hmm. can't even imagine. Yeah. I would just drool on that car every day. I, I'd detail it the next morning, but I would drool <laughs> on that car every single day. While we're on the topic of NASCAR real quick, um, something that I have been wishing for since they left in 2011, um, tweeted about it actually a few weeks ago, and it got a lot of play on Twitter more than I thought that it would. Um, the Camping World Truck Series, shout out to Marcus Limonis, is coming back to what we know as IRP Lucas Oil Raceway. Um, it'll be accompanied by an ARCA race prior, which is going to be badass. I actually went to the last two ARCA races they had out there in 19 and 18, I believe. Um, really excited for that as a kid that would come down Brickyard weekend and spend it with my grandfather. And on Friday morning, it would always be the same old question. Do you want to go to Brickyard 400 practice and qualifying? Or do you want to go over and spend the entire day at IRP, going to the truck practice, qualifying in the race? And I always pick the trucks. One, it's a badass race out oh there. It's so God, awesome. Yeah. We would sit up on the mounds. We would get Subway sandwiches, lay a blanket down, be on the mounds. So many and crashes. So many crashes. <laughs> and, and, and you could get right up to the wall. And as a kid, I could get so many autographs and meet so many drivers that would be walking in that, whether they're running the truck race or the bush race the next night, or even cup drivers would walk through there afterwards coming in to check out the show because it was such a good show. So I am ecstatic that... Outside of the Indianapolis 500, my favorite race has always been the truck race at IRP. I went to every one that I could, um, and it went away. The last one was in 2011, and I am super stoked that it's back. Jay Spark, did you ever? Uh, what's the earliest race you saw at IRP? I don't think you have. You've never seen a race at IRP? You're going. We're taking. Oh it. yeah, we're going for sure. <laughs> oh, I'm down. Because you didn't move I'm here down. till what 2016? 
When did you move to Indy? No, 2011. Oh, okay. But I just never got out to IRP. Yeah, we'll take you. It's a blast. Well, yeah. do you remember, did you ever see a bush? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw the 1998 bush Oh, you race. meant the series. I'm sorry. I thought, you know, I mean, oh, that, okay. Yeah, yeah I've no, seen no. old pictures, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, things get freaky in Fountain <laughs> Square. Um, but I definitely have seen, I remember watching Dale Earnhardt Jr. run in the Number AC Delco three. car. In the yes. AC Delco car. Which, by the way, I just discovered they have that full race in the highest quality that they can on NASCAR's YouTube. Let's go. Yeah. Yep. So I'm probably going to go uh, watch that tonight. But no, I remember seeing that race in person. Mm -hmm. And my dad was telling me, he's like, that's Dale Earnhardt's son. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then the rest, the only other memories I have are like sheet metal hanging off the yep. deck lids and sparks yep. flying everywhere. I remember Jason Leffler winning out there. Oh, um, wow. I remember the cool thing about the truck race and sometimes in the bush race too, but the weekend consisted of Thursday night was a silver crown race, Friday night yep. truck, Saturday uh, bush, and then the brickyard was Sunday. A lot of those USAC drivers would get a chance in a truck. Like AJ Fike ran one year. And um, I'm trying to think of some other guys off the top of my head, like Tyler Walker, Jason Leffler, some of these guys that cut their, like Boston Reed, who yep. was, a, was a great USAC driver, then sucked in the Hendrick development car um, alongside, I believe, Landon Castle. But, I mean, it was just an awesome weekend. And actually, there was a lot of, what, what people don't realize is there's a lot of NASCAR drivers that camped and had their RVs at IRP instead of... Yeah. It was easier to get yeah. from IRP to the track than it was to get. Like Mark Martin used to stay out there. I, I remember really? seeing Mark Martin. He was my boy back yeah. in the nineties. The Win Dixie car is probably my favorite, yep. like Bush Series car of all time. But super stoked about that. Uh, they went away because Xfinity decided we're going to go to uh, the Speedway. We're going to go to IMS yeah. because it's better. It's easier for to sell our sponsors. Like, hey, your car is going to be running at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and, and you're going to get your ass beat by Kyle Busch. Yep. And shout out to the team at Lucas Oil Raceway for not only bringing it back, but um, they gathered. One was mine, so that's kind of why I think it was cool. But they gathered a lot of these tweets from like Alex Bowman and Kyle Larson and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Even saying, "What's the one track that you wish you could go back and run?" And a lot of guys always picked IRP. And what I was told too is they were going to keep the truck race there in like 2012, but there were so many different safety things like the wall on the back straightaway is going to have to be raised like the wall on the back straightaway comes up to my angles and in 1996 97 patty moise drove and spun out on the back stretch and her car like backed into where there was a spot on the back straightaway was where they get all the cars in and out from yeah the access the access because yeah. there's no tunnel and it just tore her car to just smithereens because she hit that opening. So I'm sure there will have to be some renovations, um, some safety equipment, but but super super jacked that the that the Camping World Truck Series is gonna. You go remember back out what there. it was like that weekend where you would try? To, I tried to balance my time between the between watching NASCAR qualifying mm -hmm. and practice, being out on Georgetown, old Georgetown Road in 16th. Yep. Bring back the vendors. Yeah. Man, all of maybe it's maybe my memories just kind of hyping things up a little bit, but all of 16th Street and all of Georgetown, yep. and then the mix where the old church's chicken was in yep. the center there where yep. it's now the roundabout. The strip club. Yeah. It was all trailers with merch. Yep. I have so many yep. 
die cast cars and t-shirts yep. and hats from that and i remember we'd be trying to go through there and find the best deal on a yep. die cast my dad yep. would drag me around yep. and oh one, yeah my dad too one time he, would... he let me even buy tony stewart merch oh was and i no felt no like a real bad boy was that a no-no in the in the edwards he household was a ford man oh it was strictly roush and yates yeah. and yeah but uh and then we'd rush over to IRP. Yep. And we'd usually get there like I don't know lap ten or something and yeah. try to get up to the seats. But I remember those old grandstands. You could like feel the yep. the, the engine coming up through yep. there. And they used to back up the cars and the trucks up against the oh, yeah. outside wall. And then I hope they do that again. And you could literally walk right up during like intros or, or pre race. You could watch them climb in the car. You, could, you I mean it would be like five feet away. The you know like I mean Daryl Waltrip ran a truck out there one time and I watched him get in the car. Like climbing in, and he was literally, oh, he yeah. could have given me a high. I think Ted Musgrave gave me a high five when I was Ted like 10 Musgrave. years old as he climbed into a truck. Get out of here. Remember um, the Remington car? Oh, yeah. I we mean, could do a whole episode on Remember This. Oh, yeah, NASCAR for sure. Um, but, but glad that that's coming back. That's something that's kind of sentimental to me from growing up, going out there with my grandfather, who, um, you know, we used to stay in Brownsburg when I would come into town. So, um, super stoked about that. Okay, I know we got to wrap up here shortly, but let's do a couple miscellaneous topics that I came up with. Um, Boys, feel free to chime in where you would like. Um, I'm going to start with crazy stories from 2021. Now, what I'm going to do with this to protect the, what do they say on before? To protect the identity. Yeah, of the innocent or whatever. So um, this happens every year. There are similar liveries at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the 500, it seems. Like, there's always usually three or four cars that look alike, then maybe like two others that look alike. Um, there, was, there was multiple this year. I'm not going to name any for the sake of the story. But there are certainly a couple cars that from a distance looked pretty, pretty similar. And after qualifying, they run that final practice. It was like, what, a two out? You and I sat out there, watched it. It was like a four to six type practice. Maybe it was five to seven. I don't remember. Yeah. But it was, it was, it was a practice Sunday before the race after qualifying. Which is fun. Which is awesome. Everyone gets out there yeah. and it's fast. They're and, getting after it. Yeah. Full out race trim. Um, it's a blast. So, um, so this story comes from <laughs> turn one. So um, this driver is sitting in his pit box, strapped into the car, and his spotter comes on the radio and is like looking low, inside, 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 clear. And said driver kind of thought like, what? What the hell's going on here? Like what? Comes back around, inside, 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 clear. And said driver gets on and goes, what the hell are you doing? Like, who are you spotting? Like, I'm in the pit box. Like, what? So this car was similar looking to another car, and this driver's spotter was literally spotting another car. I thought that was on Carb Day because I heard about that. It was, on, it was on the final practice on Sunday. Of okay, so word got around by Carb Day. And, and this, everyone has heard about this. This said spotter was let go. Um, well, he, yeah, uh, and was there was another spotter brought in, which is not, which is not, not typical. There was a lot of, like Andretti is known for bringing in some guys the week of to spot and move guys around. But so you're this, not going to feel secure as a driver if that when happens you're in a sending race. Sending it into turn one, yep, 
and you don't know if he's looking at your car when, or when, somebody else's. When, when that happens in a race, that's how you could die. I mean, one hundred percent. Yeah, if if they if you aren't getting the right information, there are so many blind spots on these cars now. Yep, there are especially so many. with the aero screen as we know. Yeah, you've got glare, you've got adrenaline, you've got cars going three, sometimes yep. four wide on the back stretch. If you have somebody spotting another car, the mm-hmm. wrong car, that's how you end up in the fence. That's how you end up hurt. So, as somebody who has done very minimal spotting. Um, but oh, you've spotted. I didn't even yeah, know that. Uh, F2000 and uh, Pro 2000. So at, yeah. I, at IRP, I've done it the last two years for Jay Howard's team. Oh, hey, IRP uh, though. That's, yeah, that's pretty so, intense. So Jay's, Jay's F2000 cars are all painted the same. Oh, yeah. I mean, they are identical. Do they do, so they do the tape? They do the tape, okay. and I had to study my driver's helmet. Like, yep. And yeah. Luckily for me, love the kid to death. He was last the whole race and didn't want to make any moves. So it was basically, here comes the leader who's your teammate. Let him go by. Um, so I didn't really Also much. an important job. But then <laughs> this year, um, I was with Jackson Lee. And Jackson Lee is a very competitive driver, very fast. And he was moving around through the field and making moves. And, I mean, you just got to pay attention. And I'll never forget um, um, Hunt. I forget his first name. He's he's uh, Colton Hurt a spotter. Um, can't think of his first name. Sorry, David Hunt. David Hunt, who's Colton Hurt a spotter, told me he has a twelve second. He's in turn one, a twelve second clock in his brain. When he loses Colton down the back straightaway, he's got usually twelve seconds at speed before he's coming out of four and he has to pick him up. So that's just yeah. little things that like you just don't realize. But he's like, I have a twelve second clock in my head. Like if I get distracted or I need to take a bite out of my sandwich or take a drink. I've got 12 seconds from the time I lose him on the back straightaway to the time I pick him up off four. You know, I'm kind of surprised that they haven't figured out a way for the spotters, especially at the 500, you know, let alone other races. To You know how they all have their own onboard camera now? Yeah. That is not the broadcast camera. Yep. It's, it's just forward-facing. Get a feed of that sent to their phones. Yes. So that you can have that the entirety of the race. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a little battery pack in your pocket. You can yep. keep your phone charged. That way, in a situation like, real like time, that, obviously, yeah, that's real you, time, because <laughs> you've got two hundred laps at the five hundred. Is there a delay though? Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, yeah, you would have it would have it to would be have to be yeah, on you it. have to be. Like, but well, with, they have to limit. That's the other the thing. Telemetry, telemetry is, is yep. live. Yep. So on the you, app, and I'm sure. It, well, they have live telemetry in their pit box that can't be delayed. Right. Yep. So if you can Separate, replicate yeah. that on a phone, true. Because their feed is live. In the pit box, yeah. But I know that that's probably wired. I don't know if yeah. somebody has the answers. I would love. For I can them ask. To, um, yeah, I can ask. That's possible. I've got a couple people that is I can ask. Is it wired but, or is it wireless? Would it be yeah. possible to get that to your phone? And, and and I think if if that would be the case, it's not. That's going to be like their backup option, right? That'd be like their backup microphone. Right, they're not going to change what yeah. they're doing what, currently. Yeah, in like your eyes actual... and in your binoculars is going to be your number one. Right. Exactly. You're not going to just be staring at your screen going, hopefully, oh, God, hopefully oh, God, the oh, God, God, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> so, or like the... Oliver is a, a skews spotter in, in 2020 oh, when man, everything brother. went down and he yeah. just screamed. Yeah. Um, I've... I've, I, I have a couple good friends that are spotters, and I've heard. Well, I'll, I'll, I will say this. So that's not, that's not helpful. We were. I, I won't mention a driver, but we were testing at IRP back in April, before the night before the 500, and I was spotting for all four cars. 
So, which was easy because it was just, it was a team run. And this kid gets in the car and it was his first ever oval laps. And, um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No. So Wyatt spun last year and it was the first time I ever spotted. And I come on the radio and I go, oh shit, we're spinning. But this year. That's a true NASCAR spotter yeah, call oh, right shit. there. I go, oh, oh shit, shit, we're, we're spinning. spinning. <laughs> so this year we're at a test and this kid gets in the car and he's off to speed doing really well. And. I'm just watching him going to one and he just backs it in and just stuffs it. And I come on the radio. Hey man, uh, are you okay? Are you okay? He goes, a hard hit. And he goes, my dad is going to fucking kill me. <laughs> 17 year old kid, right? 17 year old kid. Um, so we actually had, there was no, there was no <laughs> tow truck at IRP. So we had to walk that thing all crippled and push it back to, I mean, it was grab. It was just, it was a bad scene, oh, but man. glad that he was okay. All right. Um, awesome about the truck series. Any other crazy stories that you can think of off the top of your head that you want to share? I, I, that spotter, I mean, it's just crazy. It's just, it's yeah, just, I heard that about that. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't uh, believe that yeah. because it's like, we, I remember me and, uh, my friend Jake and Jason, we were, we made it out to turn one for the last practice in carb day. And we were talking about that and we we're like, I mean, the fans can tell the difference. Yeah. Um, I yep. can't think of anything yep. too crazy, honestly. Um, yeah, no, I, I think more of the, uh, just the drama of the series. Yeah. That was the craziest stuff. Yep. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, last race of the season, Pato Awards race. Yeah. I mean, that was crazy. Yeah, but in, he also kind of got screwed with the qualifying penalty that they never got an, explana- uh, an explana- bleh, explanation for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that just kind of took him out of the championship contention before the race even started. Yeah. I Grosjean's run charge at Laguna Seca towards the end. I guess I'm happy that Ed Jones made it out of that track unscathed because that I, I, if that was a NASCAR race, I'm just saying, if that was a NASCAR race, we, we talk about drama with the with WWE the of racing. Yeah. Yep. Something would have happened. Well, throughout the year, I know Will Power had a beef with a Honda driver that he f- decided not to mention, and a few other people piled onto that, and I always thought it was Ed Jones. Oh, see, I I lost a little bit of track because yeah. I got pretty busy midseason, yeah. but that to me was egregious. Yeah. That was inexcusable, and yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's a great guy. All those guys, that's that's another thing is so many fans can sit around and say, oh, yeah, that guy's got no talent. I mean, mm-hmm. these guys have talent. Yeah, to get They there. got cojones, too. And money, but yes, and, and talent. <laughs> cojones, money, and some talent. Yeah. Um, but that was, to me, that just took, that deflated the race. Yeah. Lap one. Yep. Couldn't believe it. Screaming at the TV. <laughs> all right, uh, quickly, and we could all chime in on this, too, because I know, Jared, you spent a lot of time in the paddock. Um, I don't know why I came up with this. I think I've just thought about this a few times because I do have a couple stories to it. Um, and obviously I like to talk as you guys know, uh, weirdest item you have ever seen autographed in person, or I maybe even heard about, I've heard about dead cat whiskers in an envelope to bring a driver. Good luck at the race uh, before I've heard about human hair. Oh, I've never seen confirmation. I've just heard rumors. Um, Dead cat whiskers is what we were talking about off the air. Oh yeah, yeah. With I don't know if that's that. was that autographed. No, no, you're right. Well, I'd hope not. That'd be a really thin <laughs> autograph. How's that? How's I guess that work? I guess it's a gift. Yeah, you're right. So I've seen a picture, and that this is my contribution from this homework. Um, it was in the 70s. Okay. 
and this guy made this giant. So all of a sudden in the 70s, fan signs got real big. Okay. You know, it was the same in Monday Night Football where they'd make these big slogans and the trash talk was kind of hilarious because it wasn't very mean. It was like I saw one sign that said, Foyt has a better idea. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. But uh, I saw a giant, a picture of a guy with a giant cardboard sign and the top of it said, Super boobs. And then the bottom of the sign was these giant cutout circles. Oh, I have it right here. They still do it in the uh, Coke lot. They still do this. No way. I swear to you. I mean, th- I'm talking mid-70s. Let me see if I can find this. And the, um, <clears throat> one says the like scientific mos- term? The areolas? Yeah. One um, says like mosquito like, bites. <laughs> they were like light up. Like they look like little lights. Yeah. That they super glued on. And the drivers were all signing it. Oh, man. Okay. So that's the weirdest thing okay. I've seen. I mean, other than, you know, other than like, remember when uh, concerts came in the mid 2000s and like ZZ Top and all of yeah. them, you'd have like the MILFs that would go get their like, uh, their leathery uh, cleavage signed oh, by yeah. drivers and stuff. And, and pencil? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, I I was walking through... Actually, I'll never forget this. And I think... No, I'd met... The first time I ever met you was on race day, I believe, Jared. Correct? I don't think it was on race day. It was, it was... Or was it at the dinner? No, it was... um, It was out at the track. It was... You were working for 1070. So, um, one year I was in the... Maybe I don't have a picture of it, but I know I sent it somewhere but they still do have that out in the coke lot because when i was out there i saw it it was called what a, is it like it's a called family a, tradition it's called like a boobo meter and literally it was like <laughs> yeah I, I swear i mean it's still out there like what are they measuring um the i guess the size because this one goes from like mosquito bites to like handfuls to like Oh, that's me. Bazookas. <laughs> very accurate. Very, yeah, I mean. Yeah, they got a lot of levels. A yeah, lot of, very scientific. A lot of measurements. Um, so I will go through two real quick that I've seen. Um, the first one was I was standing there with Dan Weldon one time. And when you come out of like the media center, that's where a lot of fans will line up for autographs. So Dan's signing away. And this guy like is kind of holding the top of his pants. Oh, no. And I, I kind of looked at Dan, and I was like, well, you know, like, what the hell's about to happen? This guy unzips. Oh, no. And I'm like, what? He was wearing Jim Beam boxers, which used to be a sponsor of Dan's, and literally, like, kind of pulled them up over, and they kind of pulled his pants down a little bit and over to the side, and Dan was like, literally, and, and Dan doesn't like, they never liked to touch anything. And it's hard, but held the pen at the very top. Yeah, and like, like the back part of the pen. The back, and then just quickly signed it, and was like, "All right, dude, thanks, man. See you later." But he had Jim Beam boxers on. I have a question though. Why don't you just bring the boxers? Through? I think he wanted the experience. Yes. Not where? Okay. Maybe he had a crush on Dan. <laughs> we don't know. Some of these super fans are. Oh. Um, He's what like, is the you know, it'd be great. You know, it'd be great if I got those Jim Beam boxers yep. signed. Yep. You know, it'd be even better. If he got him, if I got him signed while I was wearing them, with the stank on him, Again, what is the deal with some of these guys, these autograph guys that take a picture on both Rami. sides? Yeah, Rami. Well, there's more. Oh, there are more. My favorite are the I people. I won't even that... name the names because 
Why? Maybe Why take a picture on both? So they, I don't know if you've ever seen no, this. Explain that. So there are some super fans that will walk up and I've had this happen to me and I am nobody. So I really don't understand. It's just the affiliation of the track. They'll walk up and be like, can I get a picture? And sometimes you can say no. Sometimes they insist. Yeah. And they'll get a, they'll pull out their phone and do a selfie, you know, the front facing camera and they'll stand on one side of you and then they'll be like, is this what I'm thinking of? Like the guy that we talk about? Yes. No? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole other story. But there are like three of them. But like, this is what Rom Nation does. Switches sides. Yeah. Switches sides. So then they'll be like, oh, can I get the other side? Do we know the purpose? Do we know the reason? I think, I think that they are anybody that they get both sides of the picture of, they're going to try to murder later. <laughs> so we're not going to have You're a racing a series anymore because they're all going to be murdered. You're on a list. I feel that's what it feels like when, when you get got yeah. and you have the selfie on both sides, yep. I'm like, this oh, is the in their is basement not. wall. We could talk Rami stories all night. But and I don't but know yeah, if he started so it, but a bunch of them do it now, and it's like, what? What are Ma- you doing? The only thing I think of is like maybe just to make sure you get a, a good picture, because I've had like pictures where I look like an you're idiot really giving or, them the benefit yeah, of the doubt. Right. I know. I mean, if they're going <laughs> and you, that deep, and you think that they're murderers, so yeah, I, I yeah. shouldn't give them the benefit of the doubt. It's probably somewhere in between. There's, um, have you guys seen the ski mask videos of the guy that does the YouTube videos and he talks about like fatal racing accidents? Uh huh. Ski masks. No, we'll his have to YouTube look that up. was like all of a sudden mysteriously Yikes. deleted during COVID. Oh, but uh, we'll try to we'll try to find this guy. So it was later Tony. Episode. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> um, so there is a guy burner YouTube account. There's a guy who I th- so quickly. Um, I love the people that sit on like the driver's golf carts and wait for them, and like the driver walks up and it's like, "What the hell are you doing? Get off my golf cart!" Like, oh, that's that's that doesn't real make him happy. Yeah. That's super smooth. So there was a guy that I I don't know his name. I call him the pulling autograph. He probably he's probably like five foot one, and he used to wear and maybe he still does, but like a cat in a hat type hat, and it's got like pins and stuff on it. And I see him out. I used to see him outside of the Conrad waiting for NBA players to get off the bus. And get autographs. And I I always just thought he was homeless because he just wasn't like the most cleanest looking person. Then I met him at the Jazz Kitchen because Chad Ochocinco, when he was still with the Bengals, would buy people dinner in the town that he went to. And it was right on the corner from my lift. So we went and this guy was actually in front of me and he's not homeless. But we he's all you've definitely seen him like you i'll point him out when we're at the track like you've definitely seen and him. this is not johnny short shorts no who i just saw walking when we came in here johnny's he's, around he, fountain square he lives in fountain square oh yeah really every, i'll start sending you the snap every time i'm in fountain square he's a very him. nice man by the way i saw he's him great. In, he's nice. great bova vacante the other day he's around here all the time yeah what does he do for a living i think he walks okay yeah he's a walker um, and shaves his legs buddy of mine yeah buddy of mine used to live in fountain square and he says that um, he would always be talking on a cell phone that like was dead, like, and he would still be talking. So, hey, whatever um, you got. Have you ever to seen the Johnny Short out. Shorts video from WZPL and the, the morning show the, of him dancing oh, after the race? Oh, we'll yeah. show you after, Jared. But real quick, so this Napoleon autograph guy, I, I'll never forget. It was like 2000 or 2001. I was at Michigan Speedway, and we were down like in the pits or whatever. Drivers come through. And Tony Kanaan was in the McDonald's car. I think he ended up winning the race, actually, like on the last lap. Yes, he did. The, like the next the next day. This guy pulls out a used McDonald's French fry box, like grease stains and all, and asks. And I'm like, this guy's got to be the biggest freaking hoarder of all time, first of all. Right. And 
asked Tony Kanan to autograph his French fry box. And Kanan does it because, I mean, he's a nice guy. He's not going to say no. But I'm just like. Why? Like, I know. Like, what are you going to do with that? Or like, hey, man, I supported your sponsors by having breakfast at McDonald's today. Like, what do you like? Do you frame that? Yeah. You does frame it. it? Put, put it, it in the shadow box. Nice, you put it put above it the toilet in the bathroom. Nice red velvet behind it. Yeah. You put Lick it, it up mm-hmm. under glass. Twenty years later, yeah, and it's still there. All right, one more thing, real quick. Go ahead. I like the guys that post up outside the bathroom when they see a driver oh. go in. You know, that's where I met Dan Weldon. <laughs> Entrapment. I met Dan Weldon in the bathroom. Oh hey, Did you know that? No, two thousand. I was peeing in the. Did Chicago. you call him out? Too many shakes. You're playing. I was like, that's a short story. No, <laughs> uh, was why are you standing so close? I was. This was two thousand two. So I was. 13 years old, and I was just peeing in the bathroom oh, in the garage. Oh, so this is his Panther. He was at Penn Sales, his first debut. ever race. Yeah. And I'm peeing, and I, I just like kind of looked over and whatever, and I'm washing my hands, and then I was like, oh, like, what's up, man? And I was like, let me wash my hands or whatever. And he, we walked outside. I was like, yo, how's it going, man? Like, good luck. It was his first ever race, and he autographed some things for us, and that's how I. That was the first time I ever met Dan Weldon. But there are guys that hang oh, yeah. out or like outside of a porta potty, but they know they'll stand there. They'll just stand with there their, with their giant like anything. book and uh, anything. No, Dan did a real cool thing for me, and uh, I think it was like '04. Mm-hmm. So right when he started getting big, we were just walking. It was me and my dad. It was one of the rainy days, and my dad does not leave the track even if it's raining. Yep. So we're walking past because it's a great time to get autographs. Oh yeah, and uh, I was never a big autograph guy just because i felt you know i didn't i didn't want to like put myself out there and like you know yep. ask your hero for stuff yep but his pr guy is driving on a golf cart by us so we're walking in between gasoline alley and the rvs yep. you know that area and uh he was with no andretti? yeah he was yep. with andretti oh okay. four jim beam so he's riding shotgun in the golf cart and they're booking it yep you know no one else is there me and my dad and then the crews in gasoline alley and he goes, hey, stop, hey, stop. And I hear him yelling this, and he doesn't, and he sla- reaches over and slams on the brakes. <laughs> and then he runs over, and he's like, you want an autograph? <laughs> and I was like, uh, uh, he's like, well, you got something? Yeah. And I just pulled, I, I think it was yeah. whatever hat I had on, yeah. I just pulled it off. I was like, yeah. Buddy Rice, same deal. We were yep. standing outside the fence because, you know, kids aren't allowed. Or, uh, are they allowed in now? Um, they were at the time. You I, had to be 18. I think it's still 18. Well... Or you can buy. You there's like inside a, the fence. Yeah, yeah in, in I the, feel like it's. Mo- they did uh, garages. A few you can years definitely ago. be under eighteen, if I'm not mistaken. Now, yeah, but for the longest the time, fence. you couldn't. I don't, I don't think you can be young in the pit unless, lane. Yeah, unless you're I, I like think it's. I think it's eighteen or over on the family, pit lane. Yeah, you know, or something like. Unless that. you have like a hard car, because obviously, like yeah. rider and crews have hard cards. So yeah, and they're kids and stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, buddy, Rice, It was another rain day. You know, it yep. rained a lot in the two thousands. Two thousand four, baby. And uh, yeah, it was 04. It was his year. But this was like uh, qualifying week. And um, we're sitting outside the fence just watching him because I was such a geek. I was just like, yeah, I'll just like watch the teams work on stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's standing over the garage and he starts to walk over. And I'm kind of like, oh, no, like I'm going to walk away now. Yeah. And uh, my dad just keeps me there. He's like, you guys, you guys, uh, what are you guys doing? He's like, oh, we're just hanging out. And I probably said something stupid. <laughs> and he goes, you want something signed? And I was like, uh, yeah. He's like, you got something to be signed? I was like, no. no. Yeah. So he runs back to the garage, grabs like some gear and some hats and stuff, really? grabs a pen, comes back, signs all this shit. And like, 
tosses it over the fence. That's and awesome. I mean, that's that's yeah. where I became a Buddy Rice fan, yeah. and then obviously he just yep. demolished everything. So, yep. well, we'll 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 save a lot of this conversation for another episode because I want to get into like some of the memorabilia that we have, some other stories along those lines. I know we've really ran long here, but Luke, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to do this uh, hopefully a lot more, uh, whether it's talking. What's going on in IndyCar? I know you're a NASCAR and Formula One guy, definitely more than oh, I yeah. am. Um, and then we can also discuss, you know, some of our favorite, you know, memories and such of, of, of drivers. So thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to Jared for producing. Thanks to Flooring is Forever, the UPS store on Oleo Road, and Connor's Pub. We'll talk to you next time.